This is a HeadGum Podcast. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Tig. Cheryl, we have got a great episode today. If you, if, if our listeners yeah. are patient enough to get through moments where we veer <laughs> off and talk about bunions no there's not a huge don't panic you guys there's not a huge bunion panic that's why we keep listeners we have people with massive bunion problems that tune in every week we talk about uh laura dern snakes oh yeah laura dern does Uh, make jaggers in there a little bit oh yeah keith keith richards Let's just get started. Okay, let's get right to it. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Cheryl with an S. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hey, Tig, hey. Hey, Cheryl, hey. How's it going? You sound down. Are you down? No, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. You get a lot uh, popping? Yep, and doing shows, and then... Went and moved all the furniture out of my uh, stepfather's house. And That's so hard. Yeah, um, and you know, I I was I was stressed because one moving truck needed to go to my brother, one moving truck needed to go to storage. There's so much going on at one time, and I was like clearly very stressed. Plus, there was no internet at oh, his house. Yeah, and um, and this really incredible mover just i'm telling you there are like seven people in the house working packing moving yeah and he just said hey i can tell you're stressed and i just want you to know don't worry Mm. i'm gonna stay here until everything's taken care of and it was like he wasn't even like the boss man you know what i mean (laughs) he was just a guy that could read the room truly and i did feel i was like oh like i I couldn't believe I, and if I was a religious person, I would have been like, 
he was sent from the heavens above <laughs> or my stepfather sent my parents sent him to me to Aww. take care but it was just like that he was just so such, nice oh my gosh it meant so much to me and there were there was all this furniture that i just said you know what if you want this and it was like nice like bedside tables and like a a you know a cabinet like uh whatever they're called dresser and like rick's office his work cabinets and and i was like if you want this stuff you can have this stuff and and he was like oh my god and and i said and honestly i'm giving this to you like you can truly burn it sell it make more money or put it in your apartment and what and he was like oh i'm keeping that oh oh my god he was so anyway it was just a nice um it was nice it was nice it was was a nice connection with another person who had empathy honestly as crazy as it sounds i felt i feel like he became somebody within those two days that i feel like i could call him and be like hey john could you go to rick's house and like take his car to like of course i'd pay him but i mean but you have you trusted him he he... feels like he would do anything in the world he was just i just loved spirits i just loved him well now i love john Yes. And how are you, Cheryl? I'm doing fine. My daughter's getting ready to graduate and prom is coming up and graduation. I had to order a boutonniere, which for some reason she calls a bayonet. (laughs) What? Is that a word for it or? (laughs) Not at all. She was like, can you order the bayonet? I'm like, what? Like a gun with a... Like from the Civil War? That you can stab people with? She's like, no, the flower that the guy wears. I'm like, oh, a boutonniere? And she's like, yeah, I don't know why. So prom is coming up and then graduation. And how are you feeling? It's hard. Yeah. I just want to go with her. To prom. And off to college. Yes. Yes, yes. Like any good helicopter parent. <laughs> I just am in the dorm next door. I don't have to be in the room with her, but just like just down the hall. Like, Kat, are you up? <laughs> your, your class starts in thirty minutes. Why aren't you up? Or you know what? Just get some rest, sweetie. I'll go for you. I'll take notes. <laughs> yes, it's not a bad idea. Stephanie and I kind of hope that we. And I don't really mean this. I don't really mean this. <laughs> I was going to say, we hope that we're raising um, stunted children that won't want to move away. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I know. I get it. Because it's like, oh, well, maybe she'll be one of those kids that wants to live in the basement. First of all, we don't have a basement. And second of all. Well, you're happy to build one. Get started. <laughs> I start digging underneath the house. I love that you're 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 hoping she's one of those kids that wants to live in the basement. Can you hear what you're saying? Is that what we're hoping for? I know, and that we hope our kids just never leave, never never get an education, develop in any way whatsoever. No, only stay in the house. (laughs) That's what everything you put your kids through, and you teach them, and send them off to places, and then ultimately you just hope they live in the basement. (laughs) It's so gross what we're joking about. No. Um, Uh, And obviously Kat is not destined for the basement. No, she doesn't seem like she wants to live in the basement. (laughs) Have you brought it up to her that, and would you charge her? 
Or would she be able mm. to move in for free? Well, maybe the first few years for free. And then, like, you know, year three or four, it's like, hey, if you want to be a part of this community, yeah, you need to chip in. If you want to continue living in our basement, okay. <laughs> but I get it. Oh, I get mm-hmm. it. No. But, you know, my friends are like, oh, don't worry. She'll go off and she'll come back. And it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't. I'm going to hold you responsible. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you tell your friends when they say that? Sounds like good friendships you have <laughs> Very cultivated as well as with your child that you're trying to keep in your basement. In my in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's good. It's mm-hmm. hard. Bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Mostly bitter. Mostly bitter. Mm-hmm. But Tig. Yeah. We have a lot to cover. <laughs> We do. We always have a lot to cover. We have a lot to it cover. Doesn't mean we will. No, it doesn't mean we will. Mm-mm. And at the same time, it's pretty straightforward. No. Well, there are things that I didn't know about this. Oh yeah, there were things I didn't know. And Thomas was asking me yesterday, um, last night, I guess, when we talked. He said, "You know, I'd be curious to see what you did and didn't know. You know, because I'm, I'm a little music maniac. Savvy, you like to think. Yeah, yeah." yeah. So there were things I did not know. Okay. That was fun for me because I am thirsty for rock and roll knowledge always. Oh. oh. Yeah. It doesn't have to be rock and roll, just music. music. I just love music knowledge. Well, I hope you take the reins on this one then. You won't. But anyway, um, today we are talking about Cheryl with an S. Cheryl, so don't get it confused with me. It's okay. a... 2022 documentary feature directed by Amy Scott, Mm -hmm. featuring interviews with Sheryl Crow and many of her associates. The film charts the remarkable career of the singer-songwriter from her time spent as a background singer to her ascent into superstardom. Sheryl is available to watch on Showtime. I also watched on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to say that? You know, I don't think there's anyone monitoring this um, <laughs> podcast. The, the no. closest we have to that is Mr. Thomas. And, and it seems uh, like he would, like, give us Well, he works for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, I think he, that, he works for us. I feel okay? like I work for him, to be honest with you. I know. It like, does feel like. He has more answers than we do. He does. He fixes everything. <laughs> he fixes everything. Yeah. Uh, you're right. He's our boss. He's our boss. Yeah. And our listeners mm. are crazy for him. I know. Well, they, they love his be. mustache. Yeah, they love. Don't the love way- a mustache. <laughs> I guess a lot of people don't, but I love a mustache. I mean, I guess I do. I I never thought of myself as a mustache. I mean, you lady. you saw my my show recently, right? Yes. I, I talk about a mustache. You talk about that really made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And of course, well. I've been trying to recount it all to my friends and. I don't know, something about stand-up comedy when you're trying to tell your friend what your other friend did in her stand-up uh-huh. act. Yeah. It doesn't translate that well. Yeah, I imagine it wouldn't. But I'm very <laughs> curious now to hear your delivery of... <laughs> well, first of all, I love firemen. Uh-huh. Firefighters. Okay, yeah. Men, women, you name it. Yeah. Just in those... I was going to say mm-hmm. outfits. I'm yeah. sure it's not called an outfit. I'm sure they don't go, oh, there's a fire. Let me put on my outfit. Yeah, it feels like their mother dressed them. You know, if it's like, <laughs> it's put like- on your outfit. There's a fire. <laughs> Honey, put on called? your outfit. Oh, uniform, uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uniforms. 
Mm-hmm. They just look like the most powerful yeah. people in the world. Well, they basically are. They basically, especially in that moment, mm-hmm. if you need a firefighter and they show up, you are, you know. You're in luck because here comes a firefighter. <laughs> and if you have a fire, that's the person you want to see. Yeah. So when you're stand-up, I mean, I don't uh-huh. want to blow it for people. I don't want to spill well, I don't, beans. I don't. I think even whatever you say, it's not even um, going to be close to. No, it's not it. You'll still get to hear the story. Yeah. Okay. So no, I went to see your stand up because we had we had a little party for your album release. Yes. And uh, you were hilarious. And no, you t- thank you. You, t- you tell a story about you had to call nine one one in the middle of the night, and you were in your nightgown. Which, of course, as soon as you say nightgown, there's a pause and then everybody laughs because it's like, you don't, you're not wearing, you're not wearing a nightgown. I don't know what you wear to bed. How did you feel in that moment? Did you feel like, oh, Tig wears a nightgown? For one moment, I was like, whoa, she she wears a (laughs) nightgown. And then, which I didn't think was too, it sounded funny because nobody even says nightgown anymore. Uh You might say nightgown. What do they say? Nightshirt. I wear a nightshirt. Wait, like really, literally a shirt, like a long shirt that yeah. maybe a football player would wear? Well, I mean, it's made for a lady. A lady. <laughs> it's made for a lady. It's just like a long shirt that you wear because, you know, my legs get hot. We don't need to go into yeah. all of them. We don't need to go into your sweaty legs and your bunions. We don't need to, we haven't even started talking about this documentary. Oh my God. And who was I just talking to where they were like, wow, that sounds great. I'm going to have to start listening because I love documentaries. I was like, you know what? Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't listen to this show if you love documentaries. But if you like bunions, please. If you love a bunion, (laughs) welcome aboard. No, when you said you had on your, your nightgown, I was like, Uh I paused for one second, and I was like, it can't, that can't, she can't wear it. <laughs> that can't be right. And then, and then the firefighter came in, and he had on his boots and his fire. So wait, this is your delivery of my yeah. well-crafted material yeah, yeah. that I've worked on the yeah, past yeah, couple of years? Yeah. And by the way, I didn't really get much, many laughs when I recounted it. So <sighs> I was like, wow, Tig's material isn't that strong. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hold up. <laughs> when, when you're drunk at a party trying to tell people <laughs> trying to tell people someone else to stand up and I was like you know and he's wearing the pants and suspenders but no shirt and then the and then the and then the uh nightgown oh was flapping in the breeze and they're just like yeah um can you just make us another drink <laughs> Would so, you please stop single-handedly ruining my stand-up career? <laughs> Drunk at parties. Okay. But anyway, mm. listen, I'm not going to keep talking and spilling the Oh, beans. no. That's it? That's all we get? <laughs> that's all you get. People listen, are probably riveted on the edge of their seat. We've got to talk about Cheryl. Okay. Yes. Oh, we got to no, take a break Thomas. first. No, <laughs> you have to can't get mad at him. We have to take a break, and then we will come back and talk about the extraordinary Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back to talk about the documentary Cheryl, finally. Yes, so Cheryl Crow is who we're talking about. And she grew up in a small town. Who we should be talking about. Yes. Who we have not yet mentioned. Oh, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, God, if she was on this show, could you imagine? Well, I think we would have behaved ourselves. We wouldn't have talked about Bunyan's. Cheryl was on this podcast, and all we did was talk about <laughs> bullshit for like the first uh, fifteen minutes, and she would be like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Yeah. Okay. Cheryl grew up in a small town in Missouri. Knew that I didn't. She sounds so southern. Mm-hmm. Are Missourians? Yeah, they. Well, they can sound like Cheryl Crow. I guess so. She's got a great, not just singing voice, but speaking voice. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I find her accent yes. charming. It's very charming. Yeah. She's a very charming person. She majored in music at University of Missouri and was in a cover band after college. Mm -hmm. This was interesting. Okay. She was engaged to a born-again Christian and taught Mm. elementary school, but after she landed a McDonald's commercial and made as much in 45 minutes as she did in two years of teaching, she packed her bags and headed to L.A. So it sounds like she probably made fifty or sixty thousand off that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Commercial. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was crunching numbers. <laughs> As you do. You yeah. love to crunch numbers. I love numbers. to crunch a number. <laughs> she did the jingle. But see, when mm. I heard when she said that I did a McDonald's commercial, I automatically think of actors like Mm-hmm. Hi, I'll have a Big Mac, please. Oh, right. She was singing. She was oh, singing. Oh, hi, the- I'll have a Big Mac, please. That was good, Cheryl. <laughs> was that your audition? I'm available for hire. And by the way, uh-huh. one of my first jobs uh, in high school. Oh, we're going off the rails. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but in Tallahassee, I did work at McDonald's, and there was a little caboose. They had a little <laughs> train caboose mm-hmm. parked next to... McDonald's and my friend Linda and I would throw birthday parties for kids in in the caboose. As a job or as weirdos? That was my job. Well, um, you know, I don't want to turn this episode into a big McDonald's commercial, especially as a vegan person that I am. But I have to tell you, Stephanie was driving our two adorable children, Max and Finn, five-year-olds, to... uh, see their grandmother it's a two-hour drive from our house and she said they needed to make a bathroom stop stop Mm. and stephanie was like oh i'll just pull over here and they saw the big m Mm -hmm. and finn said is that m cafe 
which is a vegan restaurant in Los Angeles. Oh. Not Mick Cafe. Right, that's M Cafe. Okay. No, M Cafe. And Stephanie was like, do you understand? They're almost six next month. They don't know what McDonald's is. Wow. And Stephanie said, no, it's McDonald's. And they were like, what's McDonald's? <laughs> and Stephanie said, it's a fast food restaurant. And you know what the follow-up question was? Uh, it's fast food. Yeah. <laughs> six That's years. nice. That is insane. By the way, it's interesting because L.A., my experience in L.A. is that uh-huh. there isn't as much fast food. Mm-hmm available everywhere like when i go back to florida it's everywhere and if you're why are we talking about mcdonald's because cheryl oh she, oh Quill, right 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 the documentary and she did <laughs> and she did a jingle and i don't even yeah. remember what the jingle was if it if it's welcome i don't know McDonald's. I'm going that's all that goes into my head mm-hmm. since i've seen this documentary yeah. okay so i guess she never married the guy for Sure. I mean, <laughs> 1 million percent. You know, she had some engagements along the way. But it's so fascinating to, sorry to spill yeah. those beans. I yeah. know we haven't talked about the other ones. But um, the other ones? Engagements. Oh, okay. okay. Did you see the movie? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I was fascinated at how you can think you're off and set to sail in life you're a teacher and you're engaged to this born-again christian is that what it was a christian guy whatever he was that part but yes well he's christian yes like it was a defining part of who this person was and so i would assume cheryl probably thought well here i come here i am off to life yeah nope nope no you took a wrong turn cheryl which is always the right turn you know, know, the wrong turn is always, always the, right, the turn. right turn. Fork in the road. Yeah, it sets you in the right path, hopefully. And and she clearly took some good turns. I mean, and le- not that marrying a Christian and getting engaged and being a teacher is the wrong turn. Right. But For uh, some people, that is the exact yeah, right turn. You're on the right track, but whoever they, you are. But, you know, she says that she's driven. Mm-hmm. There was something, an interview in there where somebody said that she was described as driven. Mm-hmm. And she felt like, oh, that's not really a compliment. Right. So it's like a backhanded compliment. Insult? Is that a thing? A backhanded insult? It insult. seems like a front-handed insult. <laughs> that's like a coming at you. But it's not insulting. Yeah. If somebody called me driven, I wouldn't think I wouldn't be insulted. Well, I guess it's you're not you're not acknowledging somebody's talent or um you or know that it's they like care oh, about they're... other things in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That okay. it's just like nose to the grindstone. Is that yeah? Is that- like a grindstone <laughs> cowboy? I don't think that's okay. So she drives out to L.A. Mm-hmm. She drives around to all of the record labels. Yeah, handing her tape to people, and then yeah. she got a waitressing job uh, at this play, this cafe where a lot of music. I wonder what cafe it was. Oh, they said it was like La Cafe. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> or something like that. I can't catch every bit of information. No. And um, and this guy, Les Hooper, came in. Uh-huh. I guess he's a big... Um, shot. Big shot. I'm sure that's his... <laughs> that's his card. His business card. Hey, Les Hooper, big shot. And she 
did a real ballsy thing and mm-hmm. put her demo cassette tape in the, um, you know, when you're a waitress and you put the check down on the little yeah, the folder. Little, yeah. And she put her tape in there. And uh-huh. she thought, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get fired for this. But uh-huh. it, it would be worth it. And she did get fired. And it was worth it. Because he listened to it. And he started getting her little gigs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of exciting, don't you think? Very. I mean, when I worked for you at Universal Studios, braggadocious <laughs> alert! Wee wee, braggadocious uh, <laughs> alert! One of the guys, I think, um, Steven Spielberg came through to see our show, and one of the guys, one of the actors, like folded up his headshot and resume, and mm-hmm. somehow gave it to Steven Spielberg, and they fired him. Now, that's unfair because Steven Spielberg talks openly about how he snuck into Universal mm. Studios and set up an office right. and would go to work there every day. So, Well, to be fair, I don't know that Steven ever got this folded up. Well, I'm just pointing out unfairness in the world. <laughs> There's a lot of it. So sometimes it works and then sometimes you get fired and nothing mm-hmm. happens. But then sometimes you become Cheryl Crow. And also... yes. How great that she's got the last name, Crow. Is that a great last name? Yeah. And also, I remember there was a period of time where there was a lot of Crow stuff going on mm. in music. Oh, it was like, County yeah. Crows, Black Crows. But I was like, whoa, all of these Crows. just like, And they were all great. All they those were all Crows great. are great. Yeah. And then none before that, none since. <laughs> <laughs> but all a, the Crows. It was a Crow explosion. Yeah. So then she auditions for the Michael Jackson tour. See, I didn't know this. Did you know I this? I did. Okay, I knew this, yes. Um, and she gets the job. Mm-hmm. And she meets Scooter Weintraub on tour. Mm-hmm. They be- they become great friends, and he eventually becomes her manager. Mm-hmm. And then she sings a duet with Michael on tour, and the press starts insinuating that they are romantically linked. Which I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were in love. <laughs> Well, she says, too, she said that she she didn't know anything about what Michael was doing in his personal life. and Well, and that's the thing is there was something that came up. What's his name? Who got in trouble just recently from the um, – he was that child star. Fred Savage. Oh. Fred Savage. And then – are you friends with Fred? No, but it just But I mean, like, yeah, ah. it's a bummer. And uh, I didn't know that. And I was telling Stephanie that it's that ex- example of people will say things like, everybody knows it in Hollywood. I had never heard that no. about Fred Savage. No. I had never had any bad experience with him. He was always friendly. That was my experience. I'm not discounting that right. he was that, any other way right. with other people. But I didn't know. Right. Obviously, I didn't work closely with Fred Savage, but I know that there are people like Cheryl Crow that can work seemingly closely with people. Yeah. And not know them. Right. Not know. You don't know what they're doing. But it's hard for people to understand the dynamics of how entertainment can work sometimes. Right. Because you seem like you have this intimate relationship. Right. And they're on stage and they're singing this duet and it looks like they're... In love and they're... And they must hang out. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. And it's the same with acting. Like, you might be cast in something with somebody and you're making out with them, but you don't even know them. 
Or you could be in the same movie and you never have a scene with them. And people yes. are like, oh, what was this person like? And you're like, I never met them. Is that how you say it? I never met them. I, I, I forget <laughs> that you ever saw me here. Don't ask me about that person. I never met them. No more questions. <laughs> wow. Your press conferences must be great. I do a lot of them, by the way. <laughs> but Cheryl says in this uh, documentary that now that she looks back, that it's quite possible that mm-hmm. story was planted yeah. about her and Michael ha- being uh, love interests. Makes sense. You know, and she said, you know, at the time she was just so young and naive, she wasn't even, didn't mm-hmm. think about it. Right. Why would you? Because you don't even know this person. Right. And you are just singing a duet. Why would you ever think anything? Why? Of course right. not. Right. Yeah. Then this guy, Frank DeLeo. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, Frank DeLeo. Michael's manager. Why I ought to. He says he wants to help her. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, clearly is harassing her Mm -hmm. and wants, I don't know, how do you phrase it? Well, I don't know what his intentions are. They're not good. They're not good. Wanting to marry this person or harass her or but clearly, whatever he's doing, it's not whatever welcome. Whatever he's doing, it's intimidating and uh, and she's not interested in him. Right. And it's not reciprocal. And he basically is now sort of threatening her like, mm-hmm. I'll never can, work again. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't know what to do and she reaches out to someone that she really trusts and that person says, uh, you should just stick it out. Just stick it out. Like, how is that? I mean, I think that was advice from a guy. But by the way, I mean, Cheryl's story is that she was basically just surrounded by men. Pigs. No. No. (laughs) I think a lot of the men that she was surrounded by were not pigs. That were very, (laughs) helped her, like, you know, hone her craft and, and helped her create things and were really... Mm-hmm. Uh, helpful and then there were some that were pigs okay and and we have to take a break oh cheryl. no cheryl hines not cheryl crow cheryl hines not, not cheryl, cheryl crow. crow unfortunately we only have cheryl hines on this episode <laughs> you don't have to say it like that <laughs> it's a real letdown no we got the wrong cheryl okay well okay. we will be back to talk about oh. pigs <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure. 
how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. If this is your first time oh. <laughs> joining us, we we do want to apologize a little late for mm-hmm. not really staying on, on track. track. No. We've covered a lot of McDonald's stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is great because... We they, don't eat meat. They need... <laughs> um, okay. So Cheryl starts uh, playing the keys. Playing the keys. So interesting. <laughs> this is what the outline says. I was going to say, is that coming out naturally from your beak? But, but you know, it's interesting because Cheryl's mom was a um, piano teacher. Yeah. So that's how she learned how to play piano. They were cute. Cheryl's mom and dad are in this documentary. They were cute. Well, yeah, you and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you, here's a rock star, this iconic rock star, Cheryl Crow, and, you know, just having her highs and lows and, yeah. you know, probably comes from craziness. And then it's like, here are her parents <laughs> still together sitting on their couch. Their little couch and they're yeah, so sweet. Teaching piano. Teaching and, piano. Yeah, yeah. Still teaching piano. Yeah, it was cute. Unexpected. Yeah. Did you feel that way or you didn't think much about it? I never really thought about her background. But you're right. I mean, most... Seems like most rock and rollers, rock and rollers. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll just bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're going to, and I hate to be, you know, no, make don't. assumptions or Do judgmental, it. but I guess I would assume if you, maybe I'm wrong. You go to Keith Richards' house. Right. Are his parents sitting close together on a couch, married? All the, I mean, I'm sure they're probably no longer with right. us. But it, back honest. in the day. Back in the day. No, it seems like most people come from a background where if their parents are, I'm not saying her parents are conservative, but, you know, if they're quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. then it's like, the big F you, like, I'm leaving. I can't take this bullshit. Or yeah. if their parents are abusive or then it's like, uh-huh. I'm leaving. I can't take this bullshit. But if it's just like your parents are. <laughs> That's always the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but if your parents are, you know, supportive and just like. And they're like in the audience at talk shows. Yeah, and, and they're like, give it's it a just... try. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to head out. Yeah. But her mother was trying to get her to come home. Remember, she had her success, yeah. and then she was like, and then we were hoping she'd come home. Yeah, we're like, you did Move it. Move back come into back the basement. <laughs> Move into the basement. We don't have one, but we'll dig you one. But <laughs> I'm digging the basement. So Cheryl starts joining this Tuesday night music club, starts mm-hmm. collaborating with Bill Bottrell, mm-hmm. and they write this song called All I Want to Do. And Bill focuses all of his attention on Cheryl. All I want to do is have some fun. You're not the only one. Right? So, Thomas, can you grab that audio and also (laughs) put that with uh, Cheryl singing? You don't need to hear 
they don't. So Just in overlap sh- those so in 94, two Woodstock, vocal tracks. Cheryl gets noticed when she plays All I Want to Do. And then she goes on national TV and she, this is what was hard. Did we talk mm-hmm. about this? So she plays All I Want to Do on David Letterman. Uh-huh. And they show this clip in the documentary. And then David is so taken with her that he calls her over to sit down with him for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't expecting it. She wasn't ready for it. She sits down. And on uh, David Letterman, she sang Leaving Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Such a good song. Sing it. I'm not going to. Leave in Las Vegas. Something like that. Did you buy this album when it first came out? I didn't buy the album. Okay, I did. When I heard this song. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, out of my way. I, I was like, that. it was that, that sound that I didn't even know I was needing or right. looking for. I was so. and. And also just, I mean, she has such vocal range, but I also loved kind of that real kind of almost lazy delivery of the lines, you know? It just was, I don't know. It was so, Yeah, I loved it. I I bought that album and wore it out. Tick. I did. I, I bet. Listen, I believe you. Okay. I don't want to fight about it. So when David Letterman calls her over, mm-hmm. she sits down. She's nervous talking to David Letterman. And he asks her about leaving Las Vegas. And he said, is that autobiographical? And she says, yes. Yeah. Like just sort of going. I mean, was mm-hmm. this your interpretation? She was just like going with whatever he's yeah, in the um, documentary, she was saying that she wasn't prepared to be talking to him and she didn't feel grounded within herself to actually be having an exchange with David Letterman and things were kind of coming out of her mouth. Right. And that's all she said was yes. And he said, have you lived in Las Vegas? No. And they're just having this sort of what I thought was light banter Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the fallout was that she didn't give credit to the author of the book that inspired the song so Mm -hmm. there there was a book called leaving las vegas and after that people were criticizing her some Mm -hmm. people i'm sure it was a handful of people because it's probably less than a handful of people but but they were criticizing her because she didn't mention Mm-hmm. the guy who wrote the book and that author died by suicide and some people connected the two yes connected the two which i mm-hmm. i didn't know about and i think that's so it's so heavy and so sad mm-hmm. and of course that cheryl is was not at all not responsible no nobody's responsible no for somebody's Somebody Suicide. taking their lives. No. Yeah. Because, listen, bad things happen to to people, and it's hard, and life is hard. There are breakups. There are th- moments like this. There are h- difficult mm-hmm. things in life, but but if somebody takes their own life, that's their decision, and it, it cannot be. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so heavy. And she said that she really went into a deep depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine she's like on top of the world because her songs are 
coming out and people are loving them and then this happens. Yeah. Did you know about that? I didn't know about that. Um, no. So, and then her record won Song of the Year mm-hmm. and Best New Artist in 1995. and Record and, of the Year, uh-huh. right? Record of the Year. You know what, what I thought was, it's not bad to say. I'm just saying what it is. There's okay. a lot of um, Keith Richards in this. Well, you know what I was going to say yeah. that I've noticed <laughs> in music documentaries yeah. lately? So I feel like he is the most available to chat on a documentary. <laughs> I feel like any music documentary, yeah, we cut to Keith Richards. <laughs> and he is the last person that you would think would be available right. for this kind of thing. You, He's and, very sweet. Yeah, very, very sweet, very available. And um, I just, I feel like he's constantly in documentaries speaking highly of people. And I'm like, well, of course he's here. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't we have Keith Richards? He just has a little studio set up in his house where he's like, no, this is what I do these days. Well, I, oh, was that your (laughs) Keith Richards impression? Oh, that was terrible. Oh, I thought I nailed it, by the way. No, no, you didn't. Um, But I... It made me think about how, you know, when you're in the the height of fame and fortune and celebrity and whatever, all, all that whole life, you know, you're probably not taking a lot of time to do these little yeah. interviews. But um, it feels like he's at that point in his career he's where like, it's like, I got yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, I'm time. not. I mean. I'm sure he's busy. I'm of sure course, he's very busy. He's he, Keith Richards. Yes, he picks and That's chooses. That's a machine. Yeah. What's that? Picks and chooses? Oh, I thought you said he picks up his shoes. <laughs> Come on. I was like, that doesn't you know, have anything to do with anything, and it's improper. <laughs> well, you know what they say about Keith Richards. <laughs> picks he, up his shoes. <laughs> he picks up his shoes. <laughs> I mean, and the thing about Keith Richards is he's got a look. Uh he's got a definite and you're the whole time you're looking at Cheryl Crow and she's this sort of beautiful creature with the smooth skin and the flowing hair and and then they cut to Keith Richards and you're like whoa 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 he doesn't have that (laughs) but I have to say I feel like he is so charming and like cute in his little Keith Richards way that I could see how people would be like oh like you you just want to like kind of not like in a um like i could see somebody falling for him and thinking he's cute right 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 you know yeah where you're like yeah because there are so many great things about him and i'd want to like pet his head Mm, you know that's weird which is all i'm really looking for (laughs) in a relationship i do not feel like i need to pet his head Look, I'm not looking for anything with him, anything serious. But you would like to pet his head. Plus, he's also a really great guitar player. He's very interesting, his guitar playing. So at some point, Cheryl gets a pink tour bus. That also kind of confused me because I thought tour buses... Weren't pink? Well, I thought it was like you sort of put your stamp on your tour bus. I didn't know uh-huh. they already came... Like, why is there a pink tour bus for sale? I'm not in that business. <laughs> Never have been. Don't see it coming down the road. But, you know, I mean, Cheryl was a teacher and engaged to a, a Christian. So. Yeah, so anything could happen. But so, OK. So at some point, Cheryl gets a call from Mick Jagger. Yeah. And gets flown by 
private jet to perform with the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. which is so sweet. And she mm-hmm. was like, she said she threw up all day, <laughs> which I get. Like, imagine, mm-hmm. okay, tonight you're going to go sing with Mick Jagger. I'd be confused why they called me. <laughs> well, I would be. <laughs> listen, if you got called to perform with Mick Jagger, <laughs> I'd be so confused. I don't think I'd throw up. Like, I don't even know what would make me that nervous. Oh, but, I'd throw um, up. You would? Yes. Why would Mick Jagger call you? <laughs> I would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Stephanie, Mick Jagger's on the phone. I would be so baffled. I would be thrilled to talk to him. But Well, you know who called me once? Um, Could be anyone. Out of the blue. Babs. No, I wish. Looking for a pork taco. <laughs> no, I wish. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Mm. I get a phone call and it's like, Cheryl... Uh, can you do you have a moment to speak to Dustin Hoffman? I was like, is this a joke? She was like, no. I said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him on. It's like, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do my Dustin Hoffman, and it's not gonna be good. Do Dustin Hoffman as Tootsie? <laughs> I, said I said good day. day. <laughs> I said good day. Wow. It's I feel like it. your Keith is better. <laughs> Dustin is like, uh, uh, hey Cheryl, uh, I'm doing a I'm doing a table read, and I'd like for you to be involved if you. If you... I don't sound like Dustin Hoffman at Mm-mm. all. No. Shit. And there's no reason to. You can just tell us what. Oh, Dustin I can just say said. what he said. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. the point was, he speaks instead of like he speaks in a low, rattling off all these <laughs> terrible impressions. <laughs> I'm really on a roll today. Um. Anyway, he asked me to be a, a part of a table read. That he was doing for a new play. Did you say no? Of, of course. I said yes. I will be okay. there. And you know it was exciting. And we did a table read. And I played his sister in the table read. But anyway oh. this isn't about this Cheryl. This is about The other Cheryl. Cheryl. The Cheryl with an S. So she sang with uh, Mick Jagger. That was a big deal. Uh-huh. Then she starts recording a new album. Mm-hmm. With this woman, Trina Shoemaker. Loved her. Loved her. She loves her. She, oh, she loves her equipment. I mean, she is just like. She. She's a rocker, man. She's like, she is so passionate about what she does. Yeah. I love it. She loves her equipment. So it's so I'm going to barrel through. Okay. Sometimes people call me Cheryl Barrel. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Um. Why? More when I was younger, just because it remi- it rhymes with Cheryl. I don't have to explain it to you. Okay. But the what, what was fun is Cheryl went on tour with Lilith Fair. Yeah. And it was all the female performers. Did you see Lilith Fair? I did. I mean, look at me. Yeah, of course you, you think did. I missed you like front row. Lilith. Yeah, I. I went. I was basically the stage manager. <laughs> I was taking tickets at Lilith Fair. <laughs> And then Brandy Carlisle is in. Wait, you did go to Lilith Fair? Of course. Fair? Oh, uh, uh, all right. I'm, 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 and Brandy I'm, Carlisle, who you... I am so similar. Yeah, very similar to, singing voices. Very similar singing voices to mm-hmm. Brandy Carlisle. She's in this documentary, which is so... Yeah. I love seeing her. And um, she described how Cheryl was an inspiration to her when she went to see Lilith Fair. And she was like, wow, I want to do that. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> she is, so the Cheryl is, okay, I'm, the, I'm, 
this is nutshelling it. Mm-hmm. Cheryl has a second engagement to a guy that we don't really get into that guy, but he He was a casting director. Oh yeah, casting director. Seemed nice. Yeah. Uh, Seemed nice. But then she started, in my opinion, panicking. Uh-huh. Like, oh boy, is this it? Yeah. Is yeah. this what married people do? She breaks it off, she moves to New York, and then now Cheryl is is experiencing some crash and burn, if you will. Even if you won't. And she records the song Soak Up the Sun with uh-huh. Jeff Trot. Uh-huh. I wanna suck at the sun. I wanna tell everyone to lighten up. Mm-hmm. And um, it goes very well. Uh-huh. People Better than what you just did. <laughs> but she gets very depressed. Mm-hmm. And she's overworked and... Uh, at some point, she even is considering suicide. I know. That was intense. That was intense. Just talking about depression and how it's strong and those urges are, are strong and you have to get – somehow get through it. Yeah. I was I was so um, impressed with how candid she was. Yeah. I was too. I was like – she wasn't um, – cutting any corners in that um that part yeah yeah which was really um important i think it's important for people to hear someone like cheryl crow talk about it because it's i'm it's a very human instinct and Mm -hmm. people you're not alive if you haven't been depressed at some point in Mm -hmm. your life Mm -hmm. so to hear someone like her talk about it was is powerful i think well and to see somebody come through it and yeah. turn it around and yeah. that shows the um the possibility yeah that 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 things can yeah can turn around get better um i mean you a lot of times you have to get through it and her friend scooter you know she said he was has always been there for her and helped her through those times mm-hmm. and then she started dating uh, lance armstrong yeah. Also didn't really talk about it that much in this documentary. Did you feel like? Uh, no. And you know who she skipped over completely? Hmm. And there's a song that people think is specifically about this person. And this could just be me, you know, soaking up too much rock and roll information. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, she dated Eric Clapton. <gasps> Uh, years ago. I didn't know that, but I did see him in this documentary for one tiny second. And I thought, oh, is that Eric Clapton? But she doesn't say it. Right. And um, I thought when I first started watching this, I was like, I wonder if she's going to acknowledge Eric Clapton because I have no idea what happened there with Eric Clapton because he seems like an unmentionable person in her life and then her song My uh, Biggest Mistake Ah, or My Best my favorite mistake. Oh, my favorite mistake. It's supposed to be maybe about Eric Clapton. And I don't know if she's said that before or people just speculated. Um, if you're listening, Eric. they And he is. Hey, Eric. Um, hey. They played that song right <gasps> during the time. Ooh, that they yeah. showed. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess there's no way to know. Unless you're listening, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't listen to, she doesn't follow her press, so. Oh, right. Can this be press? Mm. Is this press? Are we part of the press? <laughs> oh, my God. We are. <laughs> we have our finger on the press. Cheryl, pulse the of... press is here to talk to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just Tig uh, and Cheryl. 
so she so they she dated Lance Armstrong and and that mm-hmm. was when all of the Lance Armstrong stuff and that was interesting too because they did show like the clip of him on CNN was it CNN yeah. saying of course I'm not gonna yeah dope I'm sure he said that on every yeah. news channel too so that looked like that was a strain on their relationship makes sense and then he proposed to her and she said no and what was crazy yeah. oh i'm no. about to spill beans but well the, listen that uh, cancer and then she was diagnosed with cancer right. right after him i remember hearing that in the news and being like she has cancer now yeah oh my gosh so she was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. yeah that's a, you know that's a lot but she has you know in this documentary she talks about having really good girlfriends like laura dern mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who really helped her through these times? Although I thought that was interesting too. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere, I don't know. Like you're watching this documentary, and then Laura Dern it pops up, and it's like, oh, I didn't know. And then they moved in together. Well, you know, they dated for years. Did they? No. Did they? No. Did no. they? Oh. No. No. <laughs> and I'm I'm friendly with Laura Dern. Same. Braggadocious alert. Same. And I didn't know that she was friends. Well, I guess it doesn't come up like, oh, remember the time I lived with Cheryl Crow? <laughs> <laughs> right. But for some reason, I thought it was just kind of funny. Yeah. But just out of nowhere, it's like Laura Dern sort of pops up and she's like, yeah, we lived together because mm-hmm. we would go to dinner like four nights a week. So we decided, why not to just move in together? together. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in the next step in a friendship okay i know there could be a different story where (laughs) they're like somebody says oh we went to dinner all the time and then she suggested we move in together and i said that's a lot no we can just still all drive to your house why can't we just meet at restaurants (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah thomas and i are moving in together (laughs) why well i mean he records my podcasts every week so let's just cut out twice a week yeah both of my podcasts he's there on zoom why would i not move in with him yeah exactly Uh i think that makes sense yeah actually me thomas and cheryl are moving in together (laughs) i would love that so much we're all just getting coffee in the morning hey guys hey guys hey who didn't replace the filter thomas all of us (laughs) None of, Cheryl and I didn't, but who knows how to replace the filter? <laughs> Thomas. Thomas is the only one, and we refuse to learn. And we do not want any of this information. Go change the filter. <laughs> what filter, Cheryl? <laughs> okay, listen, she survives breast cancer. Mm-hmm. She realized she really wanted a family. Yeah. And her mom was so cute. And her mom said, mm-hmm. well, why don't you have a family? Yeah. You, you can adopt. You can get a sperm donor. Yeah. So she did. She adopted two boys. She moved to Nashville. And she, you know, hangs out. with. Oh, and she recorded threads with her musician friends like Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson. Who's incredible. Keith Who's Richards incredible. and Stevie Nicks. Who's incredible. But did she record with them? Oh. <gasps> Thomas was one step ahead. She Eric Clapton is on threads. Huh? Oh my gears. Okay, so now I have to go back and listen to threads. Okay. So have we talked about this? Have you seen you've seen Cheryl in concert? I saw Cheryl in concert the first time when I lived in Austin and um I worked at this live music venue. I think it was called the Backyard. Okay. And I my job was folding and and folding back up 
folding chairs for this outdoor venue. And I used to, I worked there so I could see the band live music. And Cheryl was one. And I was just floored by how many instruments she played. Yeah. I couldn't even believe it. It was like accordion, guitar, piano. Yeah. I, I saw Cheryl like not that long ago in Chicago in this really cool amphitheater and she sang you know been a long time since a rock and roll yeah it's called rock and roll (laughs) and i'm telling you she can we also grab that clip thomas and put that with robert she lit the place on fire yeah and she was the sexiest person i've I've ever seen and Uh honestly yeah. She made eye contact with me during that song. Oh, boy. No, because oh, I had gosh. talked to her before the concert, said okay. hello. And then when she was singing, I am telling you. She, she winked at you? Oh, more than winked. like she, Mouthed, I, lo- <laughs> I want you. <laughs> she was letting me know, mm-hmm. hey, I will see you You're in my dressing fool. room. <laughs> You and the other, all the thousands of people. But I think it was something directed, directed to me. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've never been more attracted to a woman in my lifetime than when she was in her tiny leather pants singing right at me. Okay, that's how everyone in the audience <laughs> felt, Cheryl. And ev- she winked at the whole no, audience Tig, I, and mouthed, I'll she, see you backstage, oh, I wish she, hot stuff. I wish she were here because she could. Okay, if she was so into you, why did she turn down the request to be on this episode? <laughs> okay. Well, now, where were we? <laughs> maybe she can't handle the heat. <laughs> no, she wants to soak up the sun. Do you remember the song? I she can handle. want to soak up the Okay, listen, we got to wind it down. Okay. We've got to wind it down. But I. But it's fair to say she's a very talented, mm-hmm. sexy. Easy. <laughs> she's no Keith Richards, but <laughs> she is. Uh, and it was really interesting to, to, you know, watch her and watch her story unfold, I thought. Mm-hmm. Did you feel the same way? I did. I loved it. Tig, it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts. where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. Did you? No, I did not. But it was close. But no. Um, This is a really tough one. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Who were you attracted to? Cheryl Crow. Can I just say, as Uh much as I am attracted to Cheryl Crow... And, of course, thought I was going to have one night of sheer bliss with her. That didn't and pan out. thousands of other people. <laughs> um, in the documentary, there's a, there's a clip of her singing with Mick Jagger. Uh-huh. I mean. I mean, he's, he's hot Jagger. pants, too. I mean, Mick Jagger. Yeah, he's hot if, pants. If you thought the world was ending in, you know, two minutes and you're stuck on an elevator wouldn't you want it to be with Mick Jagger I mean I would choose Cheryl Crow really she's way more my type oh I see yeah 
I mean, I would love to spend some time with him if he's free and interested. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to spend time with Mick Jagger, but as far as attraction, yeah, and being you're going to make out right before the world at, ends. Right before the world ends, you want to Cheryl be Sheryl Crow. Yeah, it's a real tough one. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give easiest. you Cheryl and I'll take Mick. Okay, but this what a was crazy also Mick end and- of world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This would be such a crowded elevator. <laughs> World ends. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Tig, that is all for this yeah. week's episode. Okay. Next week, we'll be talking about Our Father on Netflix. Mm. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm very excited. Twists and turns, twists and turns. Okay. Here is a quick true fan mail. This is from Jamie V. Hey, hey Jamie, Jamie B. B. Hey. hey. Hey, Tig and Cheryl. Hey, I'm embarrassed to say that my teenage daughter's current favorite joke is, do you like Imagine Dragons? <laughs> sure. Imagine Dragon D's nuts across your face. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope that helps. Also, D's Nuts and Snacks is located in good old Jacksonville, Florida. Of course. Oh, wait. Is there really such a thing called these nuts i mean i know we talked about the t-shirt that was these nuts i don't know i hope i think there's a place called these nuts and snacks all good things come from florida thank you for making me laugh every monday snorkel for life jamie um so that's it for today okay check out my tour dates at tignotaro.com and check out don't ask tig my other podcast and fight oh, and, and and buy my album. Yeah, drawn. Buy, buy her album for heaven. Buy my album. Um, and uh, flight attendant is wrapping up. You guys, it's gonna be a scorcher. Okay, uh, that's what we got. Cheryl, yeah. Should we do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Well, then nothing like Billy and me, all I wanna do is have some fun. You're not the only one. All I wanna do. Have some fun and a deed. You're not the only one. All I wanna do is have some fun. Right? Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.